Amen. Aren't you thankful that He's always there? Praise the Lord. Maybe there's someone here this evening and you're uh, struggling with some things. You're you're going through it. You're overwhelmed. You're discouraged. And uh, can I remind you, the Lord's always been faithful. He's not capable of being unfaithful. And uh, He desires to remind you that tonight. Psalm 61, look what the Bible says for just a few moments. In verse number 1, it says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. This is a psalm here that is dealing with the psalmist being overwhelmed. And this is one that it begins to reveal itself in such an ordinary fashion that he is seeking the Lord in a great time of trouble. He begins to highlight some of those things that he's struggling with. And it shows in the psalm that he has great confidence in his God to come through. As a matter of fact, right in the midst of it, he's going to testify that the Lord has always been there and the Lord is there. And then it ends or concludes with him praising the Lord. In verse number one, he says these words, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. This verse right here begins to reveal the sincerity or the seriousness of the psalmist's heart. You're going to see that as you walk on through some of these strong statements. I remember this message being preached a couple of years ago, just a minute ago, I mentioned this to Brother Zach, but... Many of you remember Brother Bill Abbott, who was an evangelist, and he had preached for us a couple of times. And Brother Bill Abbott preached for us during the COVID year, and he had contacted me. COVID was sweeping through, and churches were not able to have services. And Brother Bill Abbott was preaching for us. And this is one of the very last services that he preached, one of the very last passages of Scripture that he preached for us. If you remember, Brother Bill Abbott, a couple of weeks later, would go on and and pass away due to a heart attack. And uh, the Lord is still using his life. And uh, I have an outline here of some things that he had said that as I was studying through, I was encouraged just to hear some of the things that uh, going back and listening to that message and going back and just uh, seeing how the Lord was dealing with his life and encouraging him with this psalm. And every single one of us, if we're being honest, every single one of us tonight can acknowledge that it, there are seasons where all of us are overwhelmed. Circumstances come, problems come, trials come, uh, things don't go our way, uh, life gets so busy and you get overwhelmed. Well, notice what the psalmist begins to reveal here. In verse number one, he says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life, and his years is many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. As you walk through this pastor of scripture, you see some strong statements that are being made. As a matter of fact, strong statements that the word of God as a whole deals with greatly. As you look and you walk through, you begin to see the psalmist crying out here. The word of God multiple times in scripture deals with this subject matter of crying out to him. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 55, 16, it says, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. And as you go and you study that pastor scripture, you'll find that he is crying out to God in his need of hour that he needed God to come through. In 2 Samuel 22, 4, the Bible says, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Again, calling upon the Lord or crying out to God. In Psalm 18, 6, the Bible says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. 
and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears. Aren't you thankful that you serve a God, a heavenly father that hears you when you're crying out to him? A couple of weeks ago, I was cutting grass and as I was reading this pastor scripture, I was reminded of this powerful truth that there are times whenever our earthly father or those that we're looking to are not able to hear our cries, but our heavenly father does. And I was out cutting the grass and Holly was outside playing and she was riding her bike while I was cutting the grass and I had closed the garage as I was putting all of the lawn equipment up and as I was going inside I closed the garage where the front door was already locked and so I for some reason saw Holly going into the garage and just assumed that as she went into the garage I didn't see her in the front yard that she had parked her bike and went inside. And so 20 minutes later after I had gone inside and gotten a shower and was getting ready and all of a sudden, I walk upstairs, and I'm walking through the top of the, the upstairs area, and I'm looking for Jackson and Holly. I see Jackson. He's sitting right there. Charlie was still napping, and I'm looking for Holly. I couldn't find Holly, and all of a sudden, me and Kelly, I said to Kelly, I said, where's Holly? She says, she's not downstairs. I said, where in the world? All of a sudden, I hear her at the front door. She'd just been knocking for 20 minutes. I walk over the front door, open her, and uh, she's standing there. And she says, you forgot about me. I said, baby, I thought you had walked inside. And all of a sudden, she started crying. And she had told her mama that she had been crying outside because she thought we had forgotten about her. You know, there are times whenever we don't hear our children crying or that our parents haven't heard us crying, but we serve a God. Every time his children are crying out to him, he hears those tears. He sees those tears. He knows when his children are needing him and are crying out to him. And I'm thankful for that reminder that we see in Scripture, specifically right here when he says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer." And I love verse number three because he's going to remind us here in verse number three that the Lord has done that time and time again when he says, for thou hast been. You know, that word been is an important word. That means he has many times. He has again and again and again. That word been is an important word because he says, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Therefore, he goes on to say later on, so will I sing praise unto thy name forever and I may daily perform my vows because he is highlighting the times in which God has been faithful. You see, tonight we see the statements that are being made as he says he will cry unto the Lord, attend unto my prayer. Crying out unto the Lord deals with this psalm and many times in Scripture. And notice what he then goes on to also highlight as he says, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Then, or when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Verse number four, I will abide. That word abide is an important word in Scripture. The word abide, if you study that out, as a matter of fact, in John 15, verse number four, it says, abide in me and I and you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. This word abide is a very important word. It's conveying the idea of remaining close to one another, to be in intimate connection with one another, and it deals with the Christian life. You see, there's not a man, a woman, a child out there that can live the Christian life in and of their own ability. You only live the Christian life the way you ought to live the Christian life when you're abiding in the Lord and allowing the Lord to abide in your life. It was said the life of the believer becomes the life through which the Lord expresses his life today in a world of time and sense. Apart from him, there can be no spiritual life and no spiritual fruit because he is life. You see, abiding in Christ is so vital. 
The psalmist recognizes some of this as he says in verse number four, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. And so you see, as he is emphasizing this subject matter of abiding, trusting in the Lord as he goes on and says, I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. He is dealing with this subject matter of trusting. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 910, the Bible says, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. There have been many times in my own life whenever I have needed someone and I have called and had to leave a voicemail. As I was reading Psalm 9, verse 10, where the Bible says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. There are times whenever I've sought someone out, I've needed someone, someone has needed me, and they've been sent to voicemail, I've been sent to voicemail, but there's never been a time in my life where I've cried out to the Lord in a time of need where he hasn't delivered exactly what he knew I needed. In that moment, whether it was encouragement, whether it was conviction, whether it was something to change, whether it was some joy, whether it was some happiness, whatever it was, the Lord has always been there and has always provided. And in those moments when we're able to look back on those things, that is why he says in verse number three is testifying for thou has been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. See the why? Because God has been faithful all along. So why should he stop now? You see, trusting the Lord in Scripture, we see this to be true. And then he deals with this subject matter of praising the Lord. As he says, so will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. The Word of God all throughout Scripture deals with praise. Go with me to Psalm 46 for just a moment, if you would. We'll come back to this in just a second. As a matter of fact, the entire book of Psalms many, many times deals with this. And I love this point that drives home as you come to the end of the book of Psalms, you're going to notice a trend that begins to pick up. As the book begins to conclude in Psalm 146, the Bible says this to start out the Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord? I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Verse one, Psalm 147. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. In verse, or Psalm 148, he says, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise ye him, all his angels, praise ye him, all his hosts, praise ye him, sun and moon, praise him, all ye stars of light, praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. Psalm 149, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song in his praise, in the congregation of saints. And then Psalm 150. Notice these words. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellence or excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with a psaltery and heart. Praise him with a timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I believe the psalmists are trying to drive home a point to praise the Lord. In Psalm 140 or one Psalm 61, you begin to see the psalmist as he concludes this psalm. He's overwhelmed as he begins to highlight those words in verse number two. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And then he concludes the entire psalm by praising the Lord. You know, many of the psalms begin to deal with that. 
They highlight the struggle, the challenge, the difficulty, the, the temptations, the enemy, all of that. And then they begin to plead with God for God to work in their life or to do something. And then at the end of the Psalms, they always end up typically with praising God for what he's done or for who he is. You go all the way back to the early Psalms and you start in Psalm 1 and it lays groundwork for the Christian life. And then you continue reading the Psalms and you find yourself just being drawn to praise. And that is exactly the truth. You see, it's been said, if you want to challenge yourself every single day in three areas, go to the book of Psalms if you want to find yourself rejoicing and praising the Lord. If you want to find wisdom and direction, go to the book of Proverbs. And if you want to find power, go to the book of Acts. Because each of those books, they highlight those exact things. You look at the book of Acts and you find that the church was being used to do mighty things. It wasn't the church, it wasn't the people, but it was God. And those people were yielding themselves to the Lord. You go to the book of Proverbs and it's just filled with wisdom after wisdom after wisdom. The things to do, the things not to do, the way to approach life. And then you come to the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms just begins to reveal all of the goodness of God and how we ought to praise Him time and time again. And so in Psalm 61 here, you see three things. Notice with me the plea of this psalmist here. The plea of the psalmist in verse number 1 and 2, he says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It amazes me sometimes how in the Christian life we read the book, uh, the Word of God, rather, in such a way where we, we interpret it being a boring book. Or we interpret it being a book with no emotion, with no enthusiasm, with no tenacity, with no power. We read it in such a way where as we're reading the psalmist or reading other books of the Bible, we interpret certain things and we read certain things as though it was just kind of casually said. But as you walk through Psalm 61 here, you'll be reminded of some uh, some powerful words. As a matter of fact, notice the word cry here. The word cry begins to lay out some groundwork for us to understand how serious this matter was to the psalmist. The psalmist is overwhelmed. He's battling the emotions. He's struggling. And he goes on and he says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than He's not just saying this in such a way where he's flippantly going along life or he's just struggling and say, well, I might as well say, no, he's crying out to God. The word cry here is being reinterpreted as a piercing cry, a plaintive cry or a ringing cry, if you would. It's a psalm of David here. And David is crying out to the Lord in such a way where he is recognizing his need for the Lord. And so he is a man of deep emotion. And so as he is uh, studying your, his life out, you'll see that this statement, hear my cry, O God, is not said in such a way where he is just kind of nonchalantly saying it. He's struggling here. He's overwhelmed. As you go through life, you'll find that there are certain days, and maybe the statement has been made before. Life has become overwhelming. Decision after decision. Maybe you've encountered some problems. And there's just one of those days, if you're to say it that way. I was getting my hair cut this afternoon, and I was reminded of this. As I was talking to the, the young lady who cuts my hair often, and she was talking about the other day whenever her, her day was just not going well. And she had had a bad morning to start everything off, and the day just continued to get worse. But then there was a high moment. Their, their uh, salon had hit a, 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 a achievement, and so she was going to go and, you know, order some pizza and 
She ordered some pizza from a, a Papa John's, but the Papa John's that she had ordered it from said that there was a closer one, so this one wasn't going to deliver, and it just got worse. So she was all flustered, and she said she just walked back, and she was so discouraged. And she was just, you know, weeping about it and just struggling through the day and just really torn up about all of what she had just gone through that day. And these are the days that we're talking about when you made this statement probably where you would say something like this. I just want to go lay on my bed and scream into a pillow. You know what I'm talking about. Those days where maybe for those of you who have children, the children had just had one of those days where they just woke up and decided I'm going to be the worst child I can be all day. Work, you walk into work and everything's just a mess. I was on the phone with a, uh, some people just the other day, and, and we live in a very fast-paced and technology-driven world, and it amazes me, but I was on the phone with someone, and they had called me, and we were, we were, as a matter of fact, we were paying off the very last payment for the church van out there. The church van out there is now officially paid off. Praise the Lord. And uh, I was on the phone and was having to, to make that phone call, and the gentleman was on the line. He said, we're having some technical difficulties with our online servers. I'm going to have to give you a call back. And, uh, you know, I can imagine those days where some of those guys who just have to work on the computers and all of a sudden everything is just, you know, haywire. And you're thinking, good gracious, man, what a day. You, you know what I'm talking about. But then let's take it another step further, the seriousness of life. The problems mount, the trials come, the, the struggle is real. Life is getting overwhelming, and in these moments right here in David's life, there, there are many that believe that this psalm right here is a psalm right after Absalom and some of the things going on there. Some that believe he is again on the run from the enemies of Saul and some of the things that are going on. But nonetheless, the psalmist reminds us in verse number 2, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So what is he doing right here? He is crying out, but it is not just a nonchalant cry. He is saying, Lord, please help me. So notice three things in the midst of him pleading with the Lord. He says, hear me in verse number one, attend unto my prayer. He's not just saying it in such a way where he he is saying, Lord, I need you to know he's pleading with God. Lord, please hear me right this moment. Lord, I need you to hear me. Lord, I need to know that you hear me. And he goes on in verse number three and reminds us of that. In verse number eight, he reminds us of that. So will I sing praise in the name forever that I may daily perform my vows. In verse number three, for thou hast been. I want you to pause for just a moment in your own life. Because we're reminded in verse number three that the psalmist is saying that the Lord has been a shelter and the Lord has been a strong tower. But in every single one of our lives, we could take that statement for the Lord, for thou hast been, and you could literally put anything of God's faithfulness in there. Oh, for thou hast been merciful unto me. Oh, for thou hast been graceful, for thou hast been a protection, for thou hast provided, for thou hast been a shelter, for thou hast been a strong tower, for thou hast been everything that is in going on in your life. God has reminded you time and time again that he has been. As you come to this psalm right here, he says, attend unto my prayer. He is saying, Lord, hear me. It's a cry speaking of the seriousness of the situation. He goes on and he uses the term in verse number one, hear my cry, oh God, speaking of the source of the fix to the problem. You see, we live in a world where there are times when we think that Google can fix things or that, that, that our friends can fix things or that, that our family can fix things, but we're reminded that the only fix in life is Jesus himself. 
As I was having a conversation with that young man yesterday, and my heart goes out to him, I'm burdened for him right this very moment. I know some of the things that he's battling, some of the things that he is going through. And as he was talking to me for just a few moments, laying everything out there, sharing his entire life, his background, his testimony, everything, three different times in a row, I'm standing there and talking to him, and I'm looking at him, and he is talking, and he said something, and I said, listen, Trace, the answer is Jesus. He said, yeah, but, but how could a, a loving Savior like that allow these things to happen? I said, hold up for just a moment. We get on to, to talk about some other things, and he said, yeah, but what about this? I said, Jesus is the answer. He's standing there. He says, yeah, but what about this? I said, Jesus is the answer. I looked at him and said, Trace, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? He says, oh, I don't deserve it. I wouldn't have the audacity, he said. He says, I don't deserve it. He says, some of the things that I've done, I said, hey, you you know, have you ever, have you read the Old Testament? You know, Saul, I mean, uh, New Testament, you know, Saul? He said, oh yeah, I know Paul. I said, did Paul deserve it? Paul was crucifying Christians, persecuting Christians. Paul's testimony would go on to be used and with tears in his eyes. And I love this whenever you're talking to someone, all of a sudden it resonates. And all of a sudden the word of God, it's not Josh Farmer's words. It's not your words. It's the word of God that does the work in someone's heart. And all of a sudden, as I'm sharing some, some scripture and brother Sean is sharing some scripture with him, all of a sudden you see tears in his eyes as he's leaving Walking away from the conversation, he is walking away and he turns to us and he's choked up, he's struggling, he is battling some things, he, is, he has got tears in his eyes and he has a quiver in his voice and he begins to apologize. I said, don't you apologize, you don't have to apologize. Just remember these words, Trace, Jesus is the answer. Can I share with you tonight, church? Jesus is the answer. You're overwhelmed right now. You're going through some things. You're struggling in some areas. You've got trials. You've got things mounting up. You've got decisions that need to be made. You've got things concerning your life that are hurting you. Jesus is the answer. And the psalmist here is crying out to the Lord because he understands the seriousness of the situation. He is going to the Lord. He says, cries. He says, oh, as I cry, this is serious of the situation. But there's a source. The source concerning the fix of the situation is God himself. And then he goes on and says, attend unto my prayer. That helps us understand that he's yearning for God to do something. You see, it's just like the the woman with an issue of blood as she just touched the garment. Why? Because she she was at her wit's end. She didn't have a clue what else to do. She was desperate. She had to, she knew that Jesus was the answer. And if Jesus was the answer, she was going to run hard after him. She was going to follow hard after him. The psalmist tears reminding us of these things. There's a yearning as he says, attend unto my prayer. But in verse number two, he helps us to understand. He's not only saying, Lord, hear me, but Lord, help me. As he says, from the end of the earth, will I cry unto thee? The statement that is being made right here is reminding us that only God can fix it. Yes. The psalmist begins to reveal his view of God in his prayer. You see, the statement right here that is being made, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, it shows the dedication of the psalmist to prayer and also helps us to understand that where the psalmist is, he will pray regardless. He's not going to dictate his prayer based on his location because he is not confining God to only working in a specific location. 
You say, well, what do you mean right this very moment? I'm saying that some of you might right, right, right this very moment, you say that you are overwhelmed. You're in your home and you're overwhelmed and you're waiting to get to the God, to the house of God before you bring that to the Lord. Can I share with you? You can speak to the Lord in your home. You can speak to him in your car. You can speak to him in your workplace. You can speak to him at this altar. He's not confined only to the house of God. I'm thankful that I serve a God that is not confined only to one location, but that I can commune with him everywhere that I go. You see, that's our God. The psalmist is saying, from the end of the earth, he is saying right this very moment, as he says, from the end of the earth will I cry to thee, Lord, wherever I go, I'm going to cry to you. Lord, wherever I go, I'm going to continue to pray. Lord, whatever I do, I'm going to continue to seek after you. That is his view of God in prayer. But the psalmist, his heart is being revealed in this prayer. As he says, when my heart is overwhelmed to circumstances, he's overwhelmed. He's struggling, but he goes on and says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We see that he says, Lord, hear me. We see that he says, Lord, help me. Now we see that he says, Lord, hide me. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The psalmist is saying very simply, Lord, I'm small, but you're great. Lord, I'm incapable, but Lord, you're capable. Lord, I'm weak, but you're strong. Lord, I failed, but you have remained faithful. Lord, I don't know what the future holds, but praise the Lord. I know he holds the future. He is saying right here, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The rock speaks of something that is stability, stable, if you would. It speaks of something that is sure. It speaks of something that's not going to give out. That is the rock here. And so as he says these words, when my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm failing, when I'm struggling, when I'm weak, when I don't know what else to do, lead me to the one, to the rock that is higher than I, that is the Lord God Almighty. The psalmist says, Lord, I need you to hear me. Lord, I need you to help me, but Lord, I need you to hide me. Lord, show me exactly what you have for me. And Lord, lead me to you, if you would. The psalmist here is referring to the Lord God as his rock. He wants to be led to the one who is the greatest help in a time of trouble. And look, I'm all for friendship. I'm all for family. I'm all for answers and solutions that sometimes can be offered. But may we not ever come to the place where we're so consumed with the outside resources and our friendships and our family and all of their opinion and all of their solutions that we leave out the God who has the ultimate solution. And that's the saddest reality of the Christian life is far too often in our lives, we rely on past experiences to get us through the trials and the troubles of today. Instead of just saying, Lord, may I not rely on my past experience, but Lord, may I rely on you. You've never failed me before. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The psalmist begins to reveal, if you would, his plea. Number two, we see the psalmist's protection. In verse number three, notice what he says. For thou hast been a shelter for me. A strong tower from the enemy. He goes on in verse number five. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Verse number six. For thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. You see, in these verses right here, you see the the psalmist relaying that he's going to abide and he's going to trust and he's going to allow the Lord and his will to, to come to fruition. Why? Because of this one statement, once again, for thou hast been. Why do you serve the Lord? Well, the Lord's been so good to me. Why, why shouldn't I? Why, why do you go to the house of uh, the house of God? Well, the, the Lord's 
my life. He's been my life. He's changed my life. Why shouldn't I worship him in the house of God? See, that statement for thou has been is a constant reminder that he is, and he will always be faithful in our lives. For thou has been is a statement that you can make today and you can make tomorrow. And as you're lying on your deathbed one day, you're going to be able to look back and you're going to say, the Lord has always been, always been good. And as you think about that statement this evening, for thou has been, notice these three words that are found in verse six and seven. In verse six, the word is prolong. In verse seven, the word is prepare. In verse 7, the word is preserved. As I was sitting over there, I was reminded of this. In these moments of trusting the Lord, that the Lord's going to prolong our lives. He's going to allow us to live the days that he desires us to live. In verse number 7, he says, He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. The Lord's going to prolong. He knows where we are what we need. He's going to preserve. He knows where we are what we need. He's going to prepare. He knows where we are and what we need. All of that within our lives leads us to understand we can trust the Lord. We can trust the Lord this evening and his protection. And then notice this, the statement, thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. That word heritage is something speaking of the future. You see, the world, those who are lost, those that are living right now in light of eternity in such a way where they're accepting their fate, they're not wanting to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. This is the best it will ever get for them. But the word heritage in this passage of scripture relays to us that we have a greater heritage awaiting us in heaven. And what a glorious thing to recognize within our lives that there is a coming a day when we're going to see our Savior face to face and be able to worship him. As he says these words right here, for thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Number three, we see this and we're done. The psalmist prays. In verse number eight, he says, so will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Can I ask you the question tonight, as you walk through this psalm, have you recognized in your own life that the Lord has been? Are you recognizing right this moment that the Lord is? Have you called unto the Lord for the Lord to take care of that situation that has overwhelmed you and that that situation that has held you captive to your overwhelmedness and all of the struggles of life and the battles of life? And as you come to the end and come to the conclusion, you come to this reality that he says, so will I sing praise unto thy name forever. The psalmist goes on and says that I may daily perform my vows. That statement reveals, once again, the Christian life is decision after decision after decision. As you think about praising the Lord, praise is something that you have to work at. Sometimes, as you think about the Christian life, sometimes we're too prideful to acknowledge that we truly need God. Sometimes our pride creeps up and we think that we're something or that we've done something and it's just not the reality of it. The psalmist realizes, Lord, I've called on you to help me. Lord, I've called on you to hear me. Lord, I've called on you to hide me. And Lord, you've always been there. And Lord, because you've always been there, you've been a strong tower. Lord, you've been a shelter. You've been all of these many things within my lives. And because of that, Lord, I will continue to praise you. I want to encourage you tonight. If you're overwhelmed, ask the Lord to lead you to the rock that is higher than